tossed on a clover leaf. All right, welcome back to the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, along with me riding shotgun. I'll get it right this time, Jim. Jim Mooney, Frontier Towing. He's a good shotgun rider. He's a good backup for this show. Uh, he's also a good buddy of mine. He also uh, is uh, hes exactly what I tell you what he is. He's just good people, good towing service, huge towing service. Tell us a little bit about your towing service and what you can tow and what you cannot tow. Well, thanks for the idea there, Jerry. I appreciate that. Uh, what do you want to tow? You want to tow uh, trucks? We tow trucks, tractor trailers, semi trucks, motorhomes. You want to tow horse trailers? You want to tow horse trailers with with uh, horses in them? You want to tow F five fifties, four fifties, super duty pickup trucks, cars? You want to tow Teslas? You want to tow uh, Lamborghinis? You want to tow? Uh, uh, let's see, any exotic? They take work, but we tow those. You want to tow uh, trailers? semi-trailers you want to tow um i've done aircraft i've done rhinoceroses i've 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 towed a lot of things a lot of you want to tow containers you want to move you want to move your container around your your 8x20 your 8x40 container you want to you want to you want to um uh geez you want to tow your wreck you want to tow your restro project you want to tow uh you just want to you just want to you don't want to drive uh, if you want to get too drunk, and and you need to, and you don't want to get a DUI, yeah, I do that too. So before you before you go out and do something stupid, give me a call. I'll come get you. We'll take you, get you taken care of. <laughs> well, we never do anything stupid. Well. That's my motto. I I do stupid every day, but you know, hey, somebody's got to be a master at it, right? So, but yeah, I mean, I've told tons of people who are who decided that, you know, I got to give them credit. I I, somebody went out, they they get uh, they go out, they have a good time, and they had the wherewithal to go, hey, you know what? Um, I could Uber home, which would be great, but then I don't have my car. So then I got to figure out how to get back to my car. And sometimes you leave your car in a place and something happens to it or, uh, it gets towed because, oh, you know, the place closed up and somebody said, Hey, you shouldn't have parked it there. So, you know, they call a tow service. They get it towed home. They get, they get themselves towed home. They go, they go crash in their, in their house. They call, call in the bed and they get up, you know, in the morning and their car is there and they're there and everything is fine. Nobody got hurt. And life is, didn't, life is good. And I, I know that at 2 o'clock in the morning, you might think a tow bill is expensive, but a DUI is certainly, well, a lot more expensive. Grand. $10,000 for a DUI. About 10 at grand to get started. Yeah. Yeah. 10 grand to start get started on a DUI. So what? So, <laughs> 10 grand versus, let's say, 100 bucks. Do so the math. 10 grand. Yeah, do, do the, the math. math. I mean, it's not just ten grand. It's it's it, that's just the fees. Let's let's it, the the amount of classes and the time and the inconvenience. If you even took into account that your time is worth a dollar an hour, there's another there's another thousand dollars worth of of time, and that's at a dollar an hour. Your your life is just upside down for for many months. Plus, you know, if you have to do the interlock thing with the, the blow in it while you're driving down the road and, 
Um, it's it's um, have, it's like having an alarm put in your car. You got to have it calibrated. You got to go see the guy. He charges you a hundred dollars to calibrate the thing. It has to be done every month. He can make sure that it's working properly. Holy Toledo! The stuff that goes on it's just it's just nonstop. You it, they you get put in a in a road. I think of it this way: you get put on a road. There are no exits, and there's a, and there are no and the, and when you get to the end, it's a dead end, and you're stuck. You get to go through all the you get to jump through all the hoops that they put out there for you. Uh, it's there's and ever the last one is a flaming hoop, so you're trying not to get burned. Um, yeah, there's ask anybody who's ever been through it. It it is a ginormous pain. So all of a sudden, that 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 little tow ride home is way cheaper than you can ever imagine. So I recommend to anybody. Don't have to call me. Call anybody. You know, you don't get an Uber home. Especially when it comes to the Fourth of July weekend, there, those guys, law enforcement is going to be out in full force. They are going to be everywhere. Hmm. It's they, they are, they are, and they are diligent about it, and they are non-forgiving. There's no, there's no. Oh, can't you just let me go home? No, we can't, and we're not going to. We're gonna, we're gonna do our proper steps and our procedures, and you're in, you're in the program now. So, don't do it. Find an alternate method. Get a designated driver if you want, or get get yourself home some way. Make be safe. Yeah, that's my PSA for the morning. That's better. <laughs> well, I think that's a, absolutely perfect. Uh, the other thing, <clears throat> it, since it is there's 41.4 million people additional drivers for Fourth of July weekend. AAA has deemed it the number one day of the year or number one weekend for deaths on the highways. Uh, and what we've uh, done the first hour here is we tried to explain some of the things, the do's and don'ts when you're out and you're traveling. The number one do, and you know, and I'm, I'm putting this on from Parker, the Parker Service Center. One, we don't drink and drive and text and drive. That's what your co-pilot's supposed to be doing. They'll do the texting for you, and if they want to sit there and have an iced tea, that's fine. Uh, another little thing, distracted driving. Let's just touch a little bit on what I think and what you think is distractive driving. Uh, now, in my opinion, and I'm waiting on your opinion to come in on 719-1490. 719-1490. This is not just a Jim and Jerry show. This is a Jim, Jerry, and you show. So 719-1490, give us a call down here and spread the word on some of the things that you've seen out on the freeways that you think and that people need to know about and they need to be aware of before they crawl in that machine and head to any place over the 4th of July highway, from going to the lakes to going to California to going to Las Vegas to going back to the East Coast, down to Texas, <clears throat> anything that you've spotted on the road that could be a road hazard. Uh, we, you know, we didn't get into the dust storms. And they are very prevalent right now. Uh, the It will rain in Tucson, believe it or not, so you're going to have to make sure your windshield wiper blades are good. <clears throat> and You mean not glued to the windshield like they are? Because we haven't seen rain in, in, in eight months. You go out there and the windshield wipers are glued to the windshield. You have to peel them off. Then you're over at Merle's buying a new set of windshield wipers because they, they, well, they, they've been they're actually physically glued <laughs> to the glass. 
Yeah, nothing ever happens here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the uh, cool thing about it is, one, you say it, it hadn't rained in eight months. Well, I remember going through a supposedly monsoon season last year, and I think we got, what, three-quarters of an inch of rain or some crap like that? And uh, right. so well, had, most people hadn't right. even turned their wipers on. They haven't even turned their wipers on. The other thing you do if you're going to turn your wipers on to check them and see if they're working, do not turn the wipers on until there's water on the windshield, okay? It needs to be water on the windshield before the wipers come on. Because if you don't, then all the dirt and all the sand that's setting on your wiper blades, as soon as you turn it on, it's going to take those little sand particles, and dirt is sand particles, and you're going to move that across your windshield and scratch it, okay? Now, there's enough there's enough problem with driving through a windstorm with the pits that's coming with it on the sand that's hitting the windows. I mean, the uh, windshield wipers, uh, windshields, and wiper blades, and all that garbage is sitting there. So just don't. When you replace your windshield wipers, and I highly recommend you do it, if you're using a windshield wiper that costs you $7 or $8 or something like that, the replacement six months in Tucson. Even It's not raining. It's not raining. But when it does start to rain, the blades are bent over. They're, they're actually, they've been setting under pressure. The UVs have been working them over, and they're sitting there, and all of a sudden you've got a dried-out wiper blade that is absolutely useless when you turn it on. So if you're running something around 6 or $7 or $8 on a windshield wiper blade, uh, six months. If you're running something that costs you $20, $30 per wiper blade, then 12 months. If you go over that, you're just begging for it. And, and I know it don't rain. My gosh, I've been living here forever. And it just it doesn't rain here. But when it does... And you've got those windshield wipers. The most disgusting thing I've ever witnessed in my life was my own little motor home at the time. And I was going to Safford, Arizona. I go down. All of a sudden, we get a rainstorm just outside of Benson. I said, oh, you know, what, what your normal thing is, turn the wipers on. Big deal. I turned the wipers on. Both windshield wiper blades were stuck to the windshield. The windshield wiper motor had enough power to just go ahead and move the rest of it across the window, and all I could hear was a screak as it went across the window. Able to pull in to a store down in Benson, go in and get two wiper blades, come out, peel the fried-on rubber off of the windshield in order just to replace the wiper blades. So it happens. We're not telling you anything. It probably hasn't happened to a lot of you, but I am trying to get you to get uh, do a little preventive type stuff. And if you're going, if you're going uh, out of state, you're going. Let's say you're going to Flagstaff over the Fourth of July. Well, Flagstaff probably has the potential of getting rain when you don't have it here in Tucson, Arizona, as we already know. And so, if you uh, do a little preventive maintenance. If you haven't changed that wiper blade in six months or eight months or something like that, then just put a, put a set of wiper blades on it. If you want to put the seven dollar wiper blades on it, buy them in a pair. Buy them where you've got to, you know a backup set of wiper blades. And because if it goes out and these wiper blades don't quite do the job, you might be able to put the second set on, and maybe it'll help it out a little bit. 
So Rain-X is good on windshields, real good on windshields. But <laughs> take it from a guy that had to read the instructions before I got it right. <laughs> you, When you buy that Rain-X to put on your windshield, the first thing I want you to do is spend about 10 minutes reading and rereading the instructions of putting that stuff on your windshield. Because if you don't and you hurry it up, like I I just thought you put it on like, you know, washer fluid. Just put it on there. It's good. And then when I decide, well, maybe I need to test it before I go. So I got the garden hose out, and I squirted a windshield down because I know you don't start a wiper blade with no water on a windshield. So I, I got a garden hose. I'm just spraying that son of a gun down. I turned it on. I couldn't see nothing out of that windshield because I had applied the uh, Rain-X on it wrong. And I'm thinking, boy, am I lucky. I am lucky because I was going to Arkansas. And so I had to redo my windshield on a motorhome uh, before I ever left to go to Arkansas. And that's only a couple of years ago. And it was it was amazing, absolutely amazing. 719-1490, 719-1490. I hear a voice on I the other end of the phone. Is that you, Andrew? Uh, probably, Jerry, Andrew. yeah. <laughs> Did you say somebody was on the phone? Uh, no, no, we don't have anybody right now. The, we're having a little bit of trouble with hey, the good. phones again. We're trying to fix it. Oh, tell your technique, your, uh, uh, your got your engineer that he's on my grocery list now, okay? <laughs> I'll um, let him know. <laughs> anyway, all right, thanks. Appreciate that. But just do due diligence. Look at the simple stuff that you can do yourself at home. But if you're doing an additive, and speaking of additive, I'll get to that after I finish this little thing. Um what you can do at home is fine. The more you know about your vehicle, the less handicapped you're going to be when you're out on the side of the road. I, you know, if it's okay, it's out of water. It needs water before it moves. Okay, why is it out of water? Did it blow a water pump? Okay. Uh, is the fan clutch bad? Did I lose water? Yeah, I lost water. If you start losing water over an overheat job, you've got a problem. You need to find out where it is. Did the thermostat blow up? You don't know, but you've got an idea. If you start losing water out on the freeway, you fill it up. You say, okay, well, oh, I found it. I've got a cracked uh, bottle. My overflow bottle is cracked. So you figure out that you've got an overflow bottle is cracked. Okay, that's probably where your water went, okay? Maybe you have a – what? Oh, my bad, Jerry. Just Were you trying to say something, Jim? No, it's, it's, it's Andrew you. in the background. Andrew in the background, he's he's having a good old time back there. But that, yeah, no, you're right. Okay. That uh, washer bottle that's cracked leaks leaks fluid out everywhere on the ground, um, and you know you don't pay attention to it because it's it's a small amount. And even if it's hot outside, it gets out there and then it evaporates before you actually see it. Then the next time your car heats up, it a little bit more runs out, a little bit more runs out until hey, all of a sudden you're out of out of uh, radiator fluid. Um, I was going to chime in on your, right. on your windshield wiper blades. I like I like the the waggy tail one, the one that's when you got when you got your windshield wiper blades going and you and they tear so bad you got the little tail that kind of flops around your windshield like the like the car wash thing. It doesn't do anything, but it kind of flops around and gets in your way. 
So that's the ones that always happens to me. That's, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm always like, oh, great. Then, and you, so you got that you just go out there and rip it off because it's doing less good. You have, you know, like a little quarter inch of something where that, where you can see through, like you can even see through a quarter of inch of, of the dirt. I was going to, uh, when you're, uh, the dry windshield, you know, it, uh, I talked to a guy years ago about, uh, windshield wiper motors. He was from, uh, one of the OEMs, and he was telling me that the the dry windshield with a wiper blade adds 73% more torque to the motor than the wet windshield. So it takes 73% more torque on the motor to run the windshield wiper over a dry windshield uh, because they're just not designed to do that. He goes, and that's how you burn up a windshield wiper motor right away, by turning them on and let them run dry. So you know when the things out, so when it's out there, you even have it on delay, and the windshield wipers are still going, but there's no water on the glass. You know it rained like it does here. It rained for 14 minutes or four or four minutes. It rained for four minutes. It poured on you, and the windshield wipers are going, but you but there's still there's no rain left in the air, and it's going across dry glass. It was an extra 73% torque on the motor. So yeah, if they're if oh, it's yeah. dry, turn them off. Don't let them run dry. Just like, your, just like your oil pump. Don't let it run dry. Or your fuel pump. Don't let it run dry either. Keep keep stuff on, keep keep it lubricated. Think of it that way. The, well, the your fuel wipers, pump, the fuel pump, that's the reason they say don't let the uh, fuel get down below a quarter of a tank. Now, some of the uh, fuel systems now, they, they put power in the line and it only uses a fuel that has no return back to the tank. Okay? Uh, used to, the when you send the fuel up, it only picks up what it needs, and then it's got a return line. It goes back to the fuel tank. Well, if you, the gasoline going back down the line is actually cooling down before it gets to the fuel tank. That's what helps cool the pump inside the tank. Well, if you run it down to an eighth of a tank, you've got less fuel I mean, it's circulating. You don't have enough fuel sitting in that tank to actually give it a chance to cool down before it's already picking it back up, sending it back up through the motor. So try to keep a minimum of a quarter of a tank in there. And if you're running fuel additives, fuel additives, read the instructions. If it says it will service 26 gallons and you've got a 26-gallon tank, and you've only run it down a half tank, do not put a full bottle of additive back in that tank until you have to remember you've got fuel additive in there and put enough to replenish for the next half a tank instead of a full tank. Then you'll stay out of trouble with the fuel additives. While I'm on fuel additives, if you're running on a vacation trip, that is the perfect time to put fuel additive in a vehicle. Put put it in the tank, fill that tank up, and drive it because that is continuous running. That is when it gives that additive a chance to actually operating at, oper, operate at operating temperature in closed-loop mode, and that's when it does its best work. So if you're running an engine decarbonizer or a 44K or a Lucas or whatever you're running that you can buy at Merle's, uh, then go ahead and put it in and run it on that trip. Run it up to the White Mountains. Buy two bottles when you get ready to come back to Tucson because you're going to be down about two tanks or maybe a tank and a half by the time you get to the White Mountains, depending on what you're driving. Put another can in it 
and come on back to Tucson, and that'll give you some more running coming back to Tucson. It'll give you less pull because you're going to be running downhill all the time, but it still will work because the engine is operating in the closed loop. That's the best time that you can use fuel additives. So the rest of the fuel additive, uh, you know, you do it for preventive. You know, this portion show is brought to you. I've been talking about Parker Automotive all morning. I've been talking about automotive specialists all morning. And Parker Automotive, I did get a chance to spend a little bit of time with Mike this past week. And I said, now, uh, what do you recommend people do? Uh, what do you see the most problems with the summer on cars? And he says, fluid exchanges. If you've got dirty fluid, it's not going to cool or lubricate the way it's supposed to. Fluid exchange means everything from brake fluid, transmission fluid, power steering fluid. Yeah, you have to change power steering fluid, believe it or not. Power steering fluid, especially the coolant. The coolant, if you if you have an older vehicle, that coolant should be changed two years, 24,000 miles at the same time. He's the one that told me about the slamming of the uh, thermostat. He said they open slow is the way they're supposed to. When they get stuck and they're trying to open, all of a sudden there's enough pressure to blow it open. That's when you get the gush of water going through to that UV-eaten top of the radiator, and that's when you get the cracks and stuff. So it's a slamming. So that thermostat is really critical. And he said also uh, it slows down. uh, It's supposed to slow down the radiator fluid. Keep it in there. Let it gradually open so it don't bang into it. And uh, it you, you should be good to go. But he said, pay attention to the carbon buildup. That goes right along with what I told you on doing the additive before you leave a trip. If you haven't had your vehicle carbon checked or, or, or worked on, be sure you make check it out. You don't have to believe me. Just check it out, please. And transmission, same thing. Dirty fluid doesn't dissipate the heat as fast as the clean fluid does. When you overheat your transmission, the fluid turns black, and you look at that and go, wow, how'd that happen? Well, you can ask any garage owner, and they'll tell you. Uh, headlights. Oh, my gosh, the headlights. Uh, Parker does a headlight cleaning. So you got the covers over it, and you want the headlights clean. You take it into uh, Parker and say, oh, and by the way, while you're doing this oil service, I want my headlights cleaned. And you can get the headlights cleaned where you can see when you get out on the road because that is the communication between you and the other cars out there. Check all your lights before you go on vacation. You can have uh, have somebody on the inside turn the key on. Most of your vehicles now have to have the turn key on in order to um, get to powered up to the lights and stuff, and then turn go with a go left turn, right turn. Brake lights, running lights, headlights, that and stand somebody stand behind them and look to make sure you got all that in the back end of the car because that's the part's going to be wrinkled up probably the quickest. Then go to the front, check your turn signals, left side, right side, turn your headlights on bright, turn your headlights on dim, and make sure they're working on both both uh, bulbs, and get that stuff checked out. Because that is really critical on the conversation that that car is going to be having with the other conversations out on the freeway or around town or any place else. Very critical. If you've got three brake lights in the back, 
Make sure that the middle one is working. That's the one above the wind sh- of the rear glass. Make sure that all your lights are working properly, and then you can feel comfortable when you go out. If you have a brake light out on the rear left, when you change your brake lights yourself, they're not that easy to change the brake lights on some of these cars. You know, Mike was telling me about changing one on a uh, after a guy had already broke his tail light lens. F-150 taillight lens right rear when she, my wife backed it into a little tree in a parking lot because the rear sensor didn't tell her that the tree limb was down there and it cracked the taillight. That thing was $500 for a taillight lens on the rear of an F-150 2017. This one was on a small car. I think it was a Nissan Altima or something like that. And he said the rear lens on that was $272. There was none available in the scrap yards or the uh, salvage yards. And he none aftermarket. He had to go to the dealer, and it was $273 to get a taillight lens. He had broken it trying to change a bulb. If you go in to change a bulb or you have your bulbs changed on the rear of a car and there's no obvious reason why that bulb on the right side was out, have the left one changed also. They got the same mileage on it and probably the same use. Just go ahead and replace both of them. But use the, uh, uh, use the lube so that it will keep it from happening again, and it also helps control the debris that's inside the moisture and stuff that could possibly leak in there. And you should be good to go, but don't forget that. It's real critical. Uh see. What else was he talking about on this? Uh, headlight well, cleaning? Uh, on your headlights? On your headlights, ahead. Jerry? So the yellow headlights, there's a study. I think, uh, I think AAA did one that says that if uh, the yellow headlights only put out 20% of the light that you would have gotten from a new lens or a clean lens, 20%, not 80%, 20%. So 20%, you can, so your light, when you got those yellow fogged over headlights, you can, you're only getting 20% of the light. That's like almost driving in the dark. So real critical. Well, it I, and, and it, in Arizona, we have these things that they, they turn yellow all the time. And you're right. They're very expensive to replace. Um, when you're, okay. when you're changing your taillight, some people, LEDs are really popular today and, and they take a lot less, uh, they generate a lot less heat than incandescent bulbs. So your so the little plug doesn't get all brittle and break. Um, but be aware that, um, LEDs don't work with all cars and if you, might, you probably will wind up having to change your flasher unit to accommodate LED lights if some if you want to switch them out because um, they take a no they take a no load uh, flashing unit. And the last thing, you know what really works well? Uh, what? Pe- people using their turn signals. It doesn't matter how well they work if you don't use them. It is pretty pretty ineffective. So really <laughs> critical that you actually turn those things on when you're trying before you make that turn, or at, when you want to make that turn, turn that sucker on to tell somebody what's going to go on. Don't look. Don't give them the finger. Don't use the hand signal with the with the middle finger as your turn signal. After the fact, you put that turn signal on, and most people, ninety percent of them, will back down and let you in, let you let you merge in 
even in trucks, they let you right. do it. Um, if if they don't, let that person go by because you don't want to be you don't want them behind you anyway. So let them get in front of you and go away because you can laugh at them getting. Don't the need to road rage. Yeah, well, you could laugh at them getting the speeding ticket five miles down the road, and you can go, oh, hey, guy getting a speeding ticket, that's the guy that went by me at, at Mach 9, you know, when I was trying to get in. Yeah, he got a speeding ticket, so we're safe. Exactly. <laughs> He's on the side of the road exactly. being helped by an officer, and we are, we're still continuing down the road. So, yeah, actually, you know, pushing well, the things down <laughs> works. Yep, Absolutely. Well, I was talking about Parker Automotive Service Center. They're located at 5101 East Speedway, 323-1960. You call in there, you need an appointment, you're going to either talk to Ryan or Scott. Either one of them can handle you. Very professional, very good shop, very clean shop, and uh, just it's a good operation. Okay, He's been around a long time. Uh, he also works on uh, Volvos and what's that other little car? Subaru. Works on Volvos and Subarus to include Toyotas and Hondas and most foreign cars and most of your bigger cars. He also has a big alignment rack like Brian Fuller has over at um, Automotive Specialist. And we have down at Simmons Automotive, we've got the latest and greatest in the, that uh, alignment rack stuff, all computerized. Just it tells you everything, and uh, so if you haven't had your front end alignment over the past twelve months, you get ready to go on vacation. You may want to have it checked to make sure your front end is still in a line, and that your tires are balanced before you get on that road and get to be about fifty-five mile an hour, and all of a sudden you feel this rotational vibration on it, and you think, "Oh my God, I got a thousand miles. I got to ride with this thing shaking on the front end." So get that stuff checked out. Uh, automotive specialist, Brian. Brian will be back on uh, in July. I'm going to take a little vacation to the East Coast, and it'll either be Brian coming on or it'll be Jim from Frontier Towing. It'll be handling the show. And uh, we, we should be able to still pull everything off nice and smooth. Of course, I'm curious as I am. I've been doing remote so long, I might be able to get in in North Carolina, but there's a three-hour ta- time change. And the cell phone back there, if I'm moving around, even with all this fancy head equipment and stuff that I own and have owned, uh, it may not get out. And if I lose you halfway through a conversation, I may not be able to pick you up again for 20 minutes. So that's, you know, we're getting prepared for all of that. But Brian should be back on by then. You know, uh, he's still tired. He's still going through a lot of stuff since his uh, parents actually, uh, uh, his dad passed away. And what we want to do is make sure that uh, everything is okay with him before we bring him back on. And Brian's cell number over there is uh, 237-3852. His business phone is 572-1734. He is located at 3611 West Ina Road, just up the street from uh, uh, Spectrum, Ina Road Auto Collision. And in fact, Spectrum, I forgot to give you the address, 4425 West Ina Road. They're open on Saturday morning, I think, from 8 o'clock till noon. Uh, and his uh, Spectrum's phone number again is 744-4454. So if you get to the 4400 block of West Ina, you should be able to find it, 4425. 
Uh, Brian is an excellent shop. Uh, you can tell that by a two-week backup. Uh, Parker is another excellent shop. You can tell that by the backup. They're, everybody's having to operate by appointment only because it is just it. We don't know why, but it's been busy for it. Well, it's been busy for Simmons since the 9/11, so uh, or nine, uh, 2001 9/11 catastrophe. And um, then you get into uh, Brian's been busy. Everybody's busy out there. Don't wait till the last second to get your vehicle checked out before you hit the roads. Don't wait till the last second. If you need preventive maintenance and you say, okay, I got to get that thing in. I got to get that thing in. I got to get that thing in. Uh, you need to take your little redneck uh, palm pilot that I call it, that little notepad you carry around your shirt pocket, write it down or put it in your cell phone under appointments, make an appointment, keep that appointment, get that car in. Simmons has a uh, uh, shuttle service. Uh, Mike Parker has a shuttle service at Parker Automotive. So we can take that. Mike, uh, Mike does pick up and delivery of cars too. If you're working, you can't get your car in, you want to get your car in, you need it for the weekend, uh, pick up and delivery service is available at Mike Parker's. It is available at Simmons. Uh, if you want to drive in, we can get you a ride, take you to work or whatever you want to do. And Simmons phone number is 8840217. 8840217. We're open, uh, from seven o'clock to five o'clock. The drive shaft division is open from eight to five. Shuttle service starts at Simmons at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, runs again at 12.30, runs again at 3.30. And yes, in case we have to move somebody around between those two times, we normally do that. Also, we don't get mad at you. You know, we just, time permits, and we can absolutely break somebody loose, uh, even the drivers, because everybody is busy, and we will handle that for you, too. Uh, Merrill's Auto Machine Shop, they're open today uh, and this morning. From uh, They're located at 15 West Ajo Road, 807 Four zero one zero. That's Merle's Automotive Machine Shop. They do rotors, rotor turning, drum turning, and flywheel resurfacing. That's that's about all they have time for in that machine shop. They do a lot of it. Um, Lens Auto Brokers. LensAutoBrokers.com. LensAutoBrokerage.com. Six two eight seventy five hundred. Go to the website. Pick out the, your favorite vehicle. And if you want to kick a tire, go to 2101 North Stone and kick a tire. 628-7500, see if you still got the vehicle, lensautobrokerage.com to see their entire inventory. You can sit there in your air conditioning house. You don't have to get in your car. Uh, I really don't recommend you looking at somebody's inventory while you're riding in a car. That's a shotgun person's responsibility. <laughs> it's busy. It's hot. People's tempers are slow. It's that time of the year where everybody's looking to get out of town on vacation. People have been working hard for 12 months preparing to go on vacation. If you go into Parker's, Simmons, or Automotive Specialists and have your vehicle checked, and we look at that thing go, holy crap, and we start bringing out the oxygen bottles to tell you this is the situation that you're in with your vehicle, we're not going to insult your intelligence by telling you because you didn't take care of it. 
We're just going to tell you because you know it and we know it, and there's no sense to hash over something that's history. If it's not done by now, can we get it done in time for you to go? Is it going to be worth the $2,200 or the $1,500 to get this car ready for vacation? And you're sitting there going, oh, my gosh. Well, we refer people to rental cars every year. Now, I hinted on that because I want to tell you a little about rental cars. A buddy of mine went back to Minnesota, no, Iowa, last week, a week ago. And he had a minivan uh, that he had uh, go ahead and had reservations on. He got there. They didn't have a minivan. That's not an uncommon thing. I run across that every time I go to the East Coast. And he wound up getting a Suburban because he had about five people he needed to take with him, and that was the only thing left. That son of a gun was $145 a day. And if you're going to rent a car, don't forget you can call um, – uh, your insurance agent, make sure that you have everything that needs to be covered on that car, including downtime. The downtime on it's real critical. Uh, what I do is I just, you know, I found my little guru that's in a business club with me, and I just call Emily, and then Emily takes me through what I should know about renting cars and staying out of trouble while I'm on the road with car rental. Yeah, most of your places have uh, have the car rental included on your car. Yeah, I've got car rental, but does it include the downtime on the uh, vehicle? Does it include everything? Are you properly covered? Now, if you want, I'm not an expert on insurance. I'll tell you that. I'm I'm the guy that I'm insurance for. I got insurance on everything. If you have a question. On your insurance policy, on your car, give Emily a call at State Farm at 445-6444. And she not only handles just cars, she uh, she does the homeowner thing. Everything State Farm covers, but she will shoot straight with you. And you don't have to be a client of her to call her and ask her a question either. So that's what I like about her. That's the reason she's in my business club. Um so with that in mind, any parts you need, go to Merrill's. They have equipment also. They have financing programs for equipment. They have just about everything. They have all the additives except some of the stuff like BG. And BG, if you're looking for a BG product, you can go to Brian's. You can go to uh, Mike Parker's. You can go to Simmons and get a BG product. And we'll explain to you what the BG product is. I've got a catalog on BG stuff. Um so with that said, I am pretty much uh, ready for you, Jimbo. What do you want to add, buddy? Um, I don't know. I think you got it pretty well covered there. I think you, I think you got. I think you nailed it all. You got. You nailed the insurance. You nailed the additives. Um, let's see. What 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 else is there to go on? I you've hit every every topic. I guess we can start over because we we've only done it twice this hour. We just say we're supposed to hit it four times. So. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot everything you told me, Jerry. I have to go over again. Um, the um, well, you're a good student, you know, if, so I got to tell you four times. Yeah, if if you're um, you know, if if when the. With the with I don't know if the, the tires things really always comes to my mind. 
um, it's it's really hard to gauge tires and and how they're gonna how they're gonna play out. You know, that but it's so it's so critical that that tires get inspected, and even then you just don't know whether or not they're gonna last. Um, I'm not saying go out and buy all new tires every time you go on a trip because that's just inordinately too expensive. But it's it's really critical to check them, uh, check the tires, check for cracks. If if you don't know how to check the tires for cracks, take it over to a tire guy. Take it over, take it over to Parker or somebody. They'll walk it, walk you through it. Or or, or um, Brian, they'll they'll walk you through it. They understand what to do. Or you, Jerry, you understand what to do. They uh, you know, there's little cracks that occur in sidewalls that that can wreak all kinds of havoc. And they might be okay to ride around town with for a while, but you know, going out of town, it's it's going to be big. Um, also, when you're when you're doing your travel trailers, I, I, I touched on this briefly a couple three weeks ago. Um, breakaway, um, there's a on most trailers, there's a breakaway system. Well, not on most, on almost every trailer, um, there's a breakaway system. So if the trailer came loose from your truck, um, the brakes will apply and it will stop. Hopefully, that's how the theory works. So sometimes the breakaway is hooked up to the coach batteries, or sometimes it has a little, a little micro battery, a little, like it's an alarm battery, a little 12 volt battery that sits up in the tongue, um, to make sure that the, that the brakes can be actuated with 12 volts. Um, it's a, it's a really common inspection when you're, when you get stopped by the highway patrol. They'll, they'll pull you over. It's one of their favorite things to do. They'll pull you over on the side of the road and they'll, They'll make you do all your lights. They'll go through the whole nine yards, and then they'll grab that. They'll grab the the little uh, breakaway pin, and they'll pull it out, and they'll ask you to pull forward. If your brakes come on, you're golden. If your brakes don't come on, you're stopped, and they're not going to let you go because your because your vehicle is not um, not safe to drive down the road. Um, some I've been there. I've towed them a bunch of times. Some guys will make you. Put the whole unit, you know, make the put you put the trailer up on a up on another trailer because they don't want it to be on the road. Some will let you fix it on the side of the road. They'll, you know, if you're in a safe area, they'll let you go get a battery or it, to put it to replace it to to make it work. But they won't let you drive away. So um, they they're gonna they're gonna stop you, and that can ruin your whole weekend. It's it's not a really expensive ticket. It's like a fix it ticket, but you're stuck until you until you get that little battery replaced, or until you figure out why the the breakaway system isn't working. So before you jump in the truck and take off after you've done all your inspections, pull the breakaway pin out and make sure your brakes come on. It's really important. It's it's very helpful because I've seen tons. I've been to lots of rollovers with travel trailers. Uh, trailers start fishtailing. You know, people go down the road. Uh, truck goes by. There's wind. Um, they're loaded uh, heavy. You've put everything and the kitchen sink in the trailer. You got your quads in there. Um, you got your razor in there. Everything that's in there. It's the distribution isn't set properly. That's another good topic. Um, when you load your trailer, make sure you don't have too much tongue weight. Make sure you don't have too little tongue weight. If it's too little, it picks the back up and you wave around. You know the truck doesn't get good traction. And if you got too much, it'll the raises the front, and you you go crazy. And as Jerry can attest to, put horses in there and let them move around. Put moving objects in your trailer and let that push you around for a while. Uh, that's a real. That those are always fun trips. Um, the um, 
but yeah, so, um, pull, pull, <laughs> yeah, pull the breakaway pin out, pull forward about five feet. You'll feel the brakes come on, and you'll know that they're working. And that's uh, that's um, it's it's really important. Like I said, they'll, they'll stop you for it. I've been there a bunch of times. I've towed every single type of trailer that has a breakaway on it, and uh, had to had to concoct things to make it work. So I fixed them on the side of the roads. I've I've repaired them. Uh, because sometimes towing them, putting a a 13 foot trailer on top of a on top of another trailer is just like, too tall. If you're running at 16 and a half feet, you're going to hit every street light, stoplight, bridge on the planet. Well, uh, we're not going to go down that road today. So the the trick is to to check that stuff out first and make sure that 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 functions. Because um, it, it'll if, if you if you're stuck. And you can drive away, but your trailer's sitting there. Well, wherever you're going, it's not going to be any fun, and you're not going to be able to. To you won't want to leave your trailer there, so you're not going to make it there in any any amount of good time. So that's uh, right. check that real quick. Ch- check your load distribution. That that actually is a is a pretty good topic. I don't know if we've ever t- talked about that, but load, loading of the trailer we probably be. We're getting ready to go into the load distribution right now. While you were oh, mentioning that, that, I thought, you know, we've never talked about that. Uh, and I have towed, I've towed every way that you have just described that didn't work. Uh, but I also found out, and with the RV sales at a record for 2020, bumper pulls, fifth wheels, everything has come up now. And then you see people, uh, I, a couple of weeks ago, I had a guy come into the house. And he was driving a brand-new GM diesel, beautiful three-quarter ton. And he said he bought it because he's pulled in a 34-foot travel uh, or toy hauler. And I'm thinking, okay, well, he's done it right. But it's a bumper pull. I asked him, do you have the stabilizer anti-sway bar system on this thing? Yeah. Do you know how to hook it up? When you hook those things up, I've seen people that hook them up low. When you have the trailer bumper hitch hooked low, when you drop the weight on that truck and it is below, you look at, you back up and look at it, the trailer hitch is down, the front end is up. That means that you haven't hooked up your sway bar, your hitch assembly that you've got to keep that trailer behind you correctly. When that trailer sets with a load on the trailer, on that truck, it should be setting straight across. That truck should be level. The Travel trailer should be level. You need it level because it's going to dive. It's going to push down on that hitch when you hit the brakes. That's the way it just does. If you've got it loaded properly, when it loads up, when you hit the brakes, it will load the front of the truck. It'll load the back of the truck, and then it will keep it up so that you have all the braking power and better stopping when you do that. Um and if you have brakes on that trailer, oh, by all means, make sure that they're they're working. Never wait till you get on the road to find out if your brakes are working. Also, you have to watch your plug-in. If you get ready to plug in a trailer hitch to your vehicle and you pull away and said, oh, it's sliding the rear wheels. Well, you probably got a wire in the wrong place if you've wired it or you've got a late model trailer and you had an old model trailer that you had rewired to fit your vehicle then now you have one that doesn't fit your vehicle, so you don't wait to the last minute. 
they do make adapters that you can buy to put it in an old plug that will adapt to the new wiring universal diagram for that RV that you're towing. If you don't have that weight set on that, and I see this going down the freeways and it just makes me squeamish because what it does is the side winds coming off the big trucks and the side winds that we have when you go through Picacho going to Phoenix, they will move that truck around. If you don't have the weight equally distributed between the front, the back, and the load that you're carrying, there's one thing that's going to happen. The rear tires are going to overheat to where you won't even be able to put your hand on them. The front tires are going to be completely cold because that'll tell you, no, you do not have the weight set right. So that's a little thing that you can do. I recommend using the back of your hand, not the face of your hand, because if you use the open side of your hand, mine was so hot, I couldn't put my hand on the rear tires. That is dangerous. The only way I got yeah, away from got? it, brand new tires. So anyway, uh, that is just something that is so so critical. If you don't know how to hook up a stabilizer on your travel trailer, you find somebody that does. And if you'll look at it, if it looks like it's low on the inside, all you're doing is changing the fulcrum point on your rear hitch. When you hit the brakes, it's going to push down on that rear hitch. It's going to try to pick the front end up because that's the nature of the beast. And plus your rear tires on your truck is going to heat up like a son of a gun. I have done that. And so what I added to my toolbox was a little heat gun, a little laser heat gun that I shoot when I'm towing. I'll tow out for a while, and I've already figured out how to keep everything level. And so I'll set it up level. And since I am subject to make a mistake like Jim, uh, what I do is I use that little heat gun. And after I run it for about, yeah, just before I get up on the freeway, I'll just pull on, a, on the out turn like they have on most roads before you get to the freeway, and I'll run out real quick with my little heat gun, and I'll shoot each one of the tires to see if they're within about five degrees of each other. I feel pretty comfortable with five degrees. That same truck that I had a heating problem with up coming out of Cave Creek, I took it to El Paso, Texas. I checked my tires when I got into New Mexico the second time. My front tires and my rear tires on a truck towing 17,000 pounds were within one degree. I had the weight perfect on it. Didn't have any problem stopping, didn't have any swinging, didn't have any swaying. And if you've got a light trailer on the back of your truck, you say, oh, I don't need all that uh, stuff because I'm, I'm pulling a, you know, a 3,500-pound uh, trailer with a one-ton truck. Well, if you have dualies, that's good. You can keep down a lot of the side swing. If not, get a little uh, side sway bar and put it on your trailer, and that'll keep it from swinging back and forth. Look like a windshield wiper on the back of your truck, and that'll keep you safe too because that little trailer can pull that big truck off the road if it swings hard enough. That's called a jackknife. Okay, go ahead, Jim. It's your turn. <laughs> So um, when you're, uh, you know, um, like I started started to say in the beginning of the show, um, practice. It, you know, you don't, if you haven't done it in a, in a while, haven't done it in six months, you might want to take your your RV and your truck out and get a feel for it again. You know, I mean, I know it sounds stupid, I, I know it seems redundant, but um, 
if you take it around the block or take it for a five-mile trip to make sure that it actually everything is working right, making sure that the truck's pulling right, you know, um, that the lights are working. Um, so a lot of times the, the the light wires are grounded through the through the ball, you know, so the, the tongue lays, lays on the trailer ball, and that's the ground. So they get old, they get rusty, and it doesn't really work. So sometimes you're going down the road, and you turn, and the lights go out. And I wouldn't know this. I hadn't seen it about a dozen times because what happens to me every time. So, but as you as you drive, the 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 rust wears off, and it makes a good connection again, or hopefully it makes a good connection. So newer newer trailers actually have a ground wire, but uh, some some ones some don't. So you know, take it out and put the lights on, drive around the block, make sure that actually everything is working, and you get a feel again for how long it how much it, distance it takes to stop. Because when you're driving the, the truck with the travel trailer, fifth wheel or bumper pull, either any of them, you know, a, a fifth wheel trailer is probably a good 15,000 pounds behind you. I, I really don't know how, how somebody tows a 35 or 40 foot fifth wheel with a three quarter ton pickup truck. It scares me to death. But I do it for a living. So that stopping distance, which is critical, takes you five times longer to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, might want to get out and just test that a little bit, make sure, like I said, Jerry says, make sure the brakes are working. Make sure you understand. Um, sometimes that that right. little bit goes a long way, and you can discover a bunch of problems. You know, if something isn't working, or you notice that uh, a light comes on, especially like in the new trucks with the you know they got the trailer hitch, they got the the brake um, uh, units already installed. It's not working right. Hey, it gives you a chance to to um, look at that before you immediately jump on the road and go, oh, yeah. great, there's a problem. Well, I'll just keep going. It'll be okay. Yeah, that's that's a bad oh, way no. to start your trip. <laughs> Starting your trip with an Steading. problem is, is not a good Steading idea. Setting the trailer brake. Setting the trailer brake in conjunction with the truck brake. When you get in and you go down the road, and there's a little lever on your controller box that should show you you should be able to manually activate the trailer brake, okay? What you want to do is just touch it lightly and make sure you've got trailer brakes. And then when you actually apply your truck brake to it, make sure that that trailer brake comes on about a half second before your your truck brake starts coming on. Because if you have that uh, trailer control behind you, it's going to make braking on the truck a lot more efficient. If you go down the road when you're test driving with your trailer behind you and you hit the brakes and, and, and the front end starts to walk around with you, if the front end feels really loose on your truck, you do not have your weight set correctly on the truck. You need to make sure that when you hit the brakes on the truck, and if it's not dancing around, you've got a nice, straight, smooth stop, okay. If that truck starts to move around in the front end, it feels like all of a sudden the front end got loose, that means your trailer brake is probably on pretty good, and it's already dropping the load on the hitch. You want to make sure that your equalizer and stuff is set up to control the weight of that. The one way to do it is buy you one of those $19 uh, things, uh temperature gauges, and drive it out when you're playing, and then stop it, and then shoot the tire temperatures on the back of the truck and on the front of the truck. And that'll tell you pretty much if your weight is actually set the way it's supposed to be on the travel trailer. So that that's my tip for today. If you'll do that, 
it will save your hind end. All right, we got a less than a minute left, and this is Father's Day weekend. I want to wish a happy Father's Day to all of them around. And um, don't be afraid to burn a hamburger or a hot dog. And a Father's Day meal can consist of the family together and a picnic-style lunch. That's all you need. Because if you just have your kids at home with you, trust me, that's all a dad cares about anyway. All right, we got 30 seconds left to go, Jimbo. Any parting words for him? Oh, I just want everybody to be safe out there. Let's let's uh, let's be safe. It's going to be hot. Stay cool. Um, keep your temperatures down, both on the cars and and your attitude temperatures. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy Father's Day. Perfect. Thank you, Jim. Jim, appreciate you being on, buddy. Until next week, Jerry, drive safe. No drunken driving, no texting driving. Make driving a full-time job, and you'll be much happier than you do.